You are listening to the podcast of Calvary Church in Irwin, Pennsylvania. For more information, you can visit us online at calvaryirwin.com. Well, today we are uh, continuing a conversation we've been walking through called Glimmer. And uh, if you haven't been with us watching these last few weeks, we've been walking through the book of Philippians, which is a book in the second part of the Bible known as the New Testament. It was originally a letter written by the Apostle Paul to the church in Philippi. And uh, each week we've been going through a different chapter of the book of Philippians and just talking about the glimmer of hope that God has called us, equipped us to be in our world, even in a dark time, that we can be that glimmer of hope. And, you know, one of my favorite uh, things in life is studying history. You might know that about me, but I love history. And Winston Churchill, one of these heroes in history, once made this statement. He said, perfection is the enemy of progress. Now, he understood this well because he had the daunting task of leading Great Britain in defense of their island nation against one of the fiercest attacks the world had known. The, The Germans... We were consistently bombing and attacking London and other portions of Great Britain in the opening years of World War II. In this setting, Churchill recognized that having the perfect response or defense was pretty irrelevant. It it was more important that the the response simply moved them closer to victory over the Nazi regime, whatever that looked like. It wasn't about it looking perfect. Now fast forward to 2020, the time we find ourselves in. The battles we face today can often have a lot of similarities to what Churchill faced in the 1940s. While it might not be an enemy nation, we do battle a dictator of sorts, a dictator of perfection that has taken up residence in most of our lives. Our culture sells us on on this importance of perfection, being perfect in what we do. That's what's celebrated, that's what's rewarded, that's what we see posted online. But, But in our pursuit of perfection, we end up finding ourselves in this place of tension. And the tension is really between our desire for perfection, our striving to be perfect, and our hope for progress. Perfection is often unreachable. Progress, though, in other areas of our life, in, in turn, as we pursue perfection, gets hijacked. On, on top of that, in, in, in our accomplishment of perfection, our striving perfection, we find ourselves discouraged, but satisfaction actually comes in progress. And in this place of tension, we, we often buy into what our culture is selling us, and we sacrifice progress for the sake of an appearance of perfection. Consequently, we work so hard to, to portray perfection in what we post or what we say online. If you have kids, we want, we want to be the perfect parent to raise the perfect kids at work, we want to be the perfect coworker or boss or employee. And we end up beating ourselves up so often because we're always falling short of this impossible standard of perfection with where we live or how we live or what we do in life. And, and, and we even end up seeing this goal of perfection bleed into our journey with Jesus. Maybe, maybe we feel that if, if we mess up, we'll, we'll somehow mess up our witness. And we have this desire, this weight that we carry on our shoulders that we have to be perfect, just like Jesus was perfect. We feel that everything hinges on us just getting it right. And in doing all this and pursuing perfection, we put so much pressure on ourselves that we end up experiencing unnecessary anxiety, stress. And if this is you today, I want to take 
the pressure off your shoulders for a minute. I want to speak into that place of tension that we can find ourselves in. As we stand between this desire for perfection and hope for progress. What I want to share with you today is the same principle that Winston Churchill shared 80 years ago. Perfection is the enemy of progress. Perfection is the enemy of progress. We, we so often fail to see progress in life because we get so hung up on perfection. What, what is it about this obsession that we have with being perfect? It, it's because perfection or the appearance of it is really what we see broadcasted throughout our culture. The perfect body, the perfect car, the happy family, that perfect smiling Christian. And we just want to be that person. We're fed these images and we're told if we can achieve them, if we can get that perfect life, then we'll finally be happy. Instead of happiness, though, we experience discouragement. We end up falling short of perfection and in turn forfeiting progress. During World War II, Winston Churchill didn't care whether his defense of Great Britain looked pretty or nice. He didn't care if it was organized perfectly. All he cared about was that it was defended. He chose progress over perfection. In one of my favorite speeches in history, Winston Churchill actually spoke about this. It was a speech given on June 4th, 1940. And he was talking about how they were going to defend their nation against the Germans. Here's what he said. He said, even though large tracts of Europe and many old and famous states have fallen or may fall into the grip of the Gestapo and all the odious apparatus of Nazi rule, we shall not flag or fail. We shall go on to the end. We shall fight in France. We shall fight on the seas and the oceans. We shall fight with growing confidence and growing strength in the air. We shall defend our island, whatever the cost may be. We shall fight on the beaches. We shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall fight in the fields and in the streets. We shall fight in the hills. We shall never surrender. And even if, which I do not for a moment believe, this island or a large part of it were subjugated and starving, then our empire beyond the seas, armed and guarded by the British fleet, would carry on the struggle until, in God's good time, the new world, with all its power and might, steps forth to rescue and the liberation of the old. Perfection is the enemy of progress. And I believe one of the places that we often see this tension between perfection and progress is in how we view our heroes. That's because we, we look at those heroes through these rose-colored lenses. And, and we assume that they embody the pinnacle of perfection. Whether, whether it be movie stars or musicians, athletes, beloved family members, heroes of the faith. We, we view them often at a distance and assume they've achieved perfection because all we see portrayed are ultimately the best parts of who they are. The reality is they're all human. None of them are perfect because they're human beings. And, and, and as a human being, we're not perfect. But one of the shining examples of this in the Bible, is a, an incredible hero, an amazing man in the New Testament, a guy named the Apostle Paul. And the Apostle Paul is a giant of the faith. I mean, this is the guy who, who wrote 
follow me as I follow Christ. Literally saying, I'm going to set the stage. I'm going to set the tone. I'm going to set the example. Just follow me and you're going to find your way to Jesus. That's an incredible statement. This guy wrote a good portion of the New Testament. In fact, he wrote more books of the Bible than any other person in Scripture. This guy was a a rock star. In fact, he single-handedly, with God's help, was responsible for taking the gospel outside the boundaries of Israel, advancing the church further than it had ever gone before. So he took the gospel to the edges of the Roman Empire. This guy was amazing. And not even just before he committed his life to Jesus, he was doing some amazing things. See, before he became that force for the gospel, before he committed his life to Jesus, he studied under one of the premier Jewish rabbis, a guy named Gamaliel. He, he, had, he uh, was a Pharisee, a religious leader. According to the Jewish law, he literally lived perfectly. This guy was amazing. He had the prominence. He had the prestige. He came from the right family. His father had been a Jewish Pharisee. From a distance, Paul was the perfect example of a follower of Jesus. Like, you couldn't find a flaw in him. He had it all together. Everything looked like it was just right. And then Paul writes what he writes in Philippians chapter 3, starting in verse 7. Here's here's what he wrote. But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything. Can you just take a minute, wherever you're sitting, just say everything. You can whisper it if you want. Or if you're like around other people, you don't want to be, you know, people, you can just say it in your head, but everything. Can you say everything? Like everything. If you feel comfortable, like everything, everything, all of it. I consider everything. Paul, Paul didn't like mince words here. He's not saying, I consider these things not important. These things are still important. You know, I consider some of these things like they're not really that big of a deal. Now these things are a big deal. He's saying, I consider, with me now, everything, everything. I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost, say this again, all things, all things, all things. He's given up all things. I consider them garbage. Now I want to stop there for a second. Garbage, I know garbage pickup right now is a difficulty. It has to be in a bag, all that stuff. I can't throw boxes out there. It's frustrating. He's using this word garbage. The original word uh, in the Greek that he would have written this in literally means dung. That's poop, okay? Um, that's what he's talking about. He's trying to like take as far down as you can get. He considers it that. Whatever the worst possible thing is, that's what he considers it. He considers it the Lego on the floor in the middle of the night at, and you walk on. Like, that's it. Garbage, dung, poop, whatever it is. He considers that. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law. So what he's saying is, it's not about what I achieve. It's not about me being perfect and getting it all together and everything in its box and everything looking perfect. It's not about that. It's not about achieving. And he goes on, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. And he goes on, I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection, participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection of the dead. Wow, what a statement by Paul to make. And it means more when you understand Paul's credentials, that he had it all. In other words, the credentials on the wall, the achievements of his past, the titles he'd been given, none of them really matter in the long run. 
Not because they aren't important, but because progress is the goal, not perfection. In fact, he, he drills down a little deeper in the next verse, few verses here in Philippians 3. Verse 12, here's what he said. Not that I've already obtained all this. In other words, not that I reached this point that I can now coast. I've, I've made it. I've arrived. I know we sometimes can feel that way. Man, I've arrived. I, I hit this point in life. I, I reached this rung uh, at work. I've, I've reached this, gotten this title, or, or I've achieved this goal of my life. Paul's saying, not that I've already obtained all of this, or have already arrived at my goal. Here's the part I want to focus on, really highlight. But I press on to take hold for which Christ took hold of me. That's incredible. Now, I was going to ask you to like, take hold of your neighbor, but don't do that. Then you have to go wash your hands, hand sanitize, and then you'll miss the rest of the message. So don't take hold of your neighbor. But this is what Paul's talking about. He, he presses on. He takes hold of what God has called him to. What, what, what Christ has sacrificed for. Because Christ first took hold of him. Christ chose you. He didn't just chose me. He didn't just choose Paul. He chose you. And we now can pursue him. He goes on in verse 13. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting. Can you say forgetting? Forgetting what is behind can you say straining toward? Straining toward. So forgetting what is behind, straining toward what is ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. You see, one of the big reasons perfection causes us to stumble is it forces us to look back on what we've already accomplished and either become prideful or discouraged. And what Paul's trying to say here is that perfection is the enemy of progress because it causes us to shift our vision from what's in front of us to what's behind us. God never intended for our vision to be behind us. It's always before us. He said forgetting what is behind, straining toward what is ahead. And all all we hear about right now is how difficult a time we're in. And, and, And it's true, it's difficult, the, the, there are decisions before us that many of us never anticipated we'd have to make. I don't think anyone ever expected 2020 to unfold the way it has. And, but, but while I wish, while I wish we could gather together in one place, in one building today, while, while I wish I could take my family out to eat, take my kids to the park to play with their friends, while, while I wish we could have people over at our house for a cookout, well, well, I wish so many of us could still work and live a normal life. This is where we are right now. Let's not compare where we are and what we're facing with some perfect picture of what could be. Instead of getting discouraged and frustrated, let's strive for progress. Instead of comparing where we are and what we're facing and what we're walking through with some perfect picture, Man, I wish this is where things would be. I wish I could do this. I wish this was happening. Let's not compare it with what could be some perfect picture. Instead, let's strive for progress. You see, hope, hope isn't found in the pursuit of perfection. Hope is found in progress. Pursuing perfection becomes discouraging. Pursuing progress becomes inspiring. 
If we're going to see our lives transformed, if we're going to see our world transformed, none of that will happen by pursuing perfection. It will happen as we forget what is behind, strive toward the progress that's ahead. And this is our passion as a church. In a setting where we all are restricted in what we can or cannot do, At a time where churches are scrambling to figure out how to function without actually physically gathering in person. We as a church, we are rising up. We aren't shrinking back. That's because our goal isn't perfection. Our aim is progress. We want to bring hope to this world. But that doesn't come by achieving the perfect white picket fence life that we've all dreamed of. That doesn't happen by being the perfect model church, whatever that might look like. As wonderful as those concepts might be, they're not really even possible. Why? Because we are imperfect people living in an imperfect world. It's time we give up on perfection. It's time we start fighting for progress. Let's press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called us heavenward in Christ Jesus. That's what God wants for us. That's what God's desire is for us. God doesn't desire perfection. Maybe, maybe you've grown up in the church and, and the word perfection isn't used, but the word holiness or legalism might be used. God's not asking you to check all the boxes and be the perfect example to our world. He's asking us for progress. Not that we shouldn't do our best but recognizing progress is more important. So so what does progress look like in your life today? Maybe maybe this week, it's posting a picture of your imperfect life. Hashtag progress. Doesn't have to always look right. Maybe it's allowing your words and your attitudes to focus on the good that's happening, not just the bad. Maybe it's getting up a little earlier each day, opening your Bible, turning on your YouVersion app, reading through God's word, taking about 15 minutes to pray and to worship. Maybe, maybe for you, it's joining a Catalyst or Connect group this week that are online and, and, and just connecting with others and growing in your faith. Whatever it is, I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you to give up on perfection. As a church, let's press on. Let's move forward. Let's fight for progress. Our world doesn't need a perfect specimen of humanity. They were already given that in Jesus. The thing that our world needs, the hope that they need, is the hope that only progress can bring. Perfection is the enemy of progress. It's time that we fight for progress in our lives, in our families, in our community, in our church. And I don't know where you've come from today or what you're walking through today. Maybe you've been so frustrated, discouraged, anxious, stressed, because you're comparing where you are right now with this perfect picture. And you're thinking, why? Why am I in this place? Maybe it was something you were battling with before this whole crisis happened. Maybe it's because of this crisis. I don't know. And you've been battling, battling with this idea and this concept, this tension of where you are and where you want to be. And where you want to be is something that seems so perfect. It seems so difficult to achieve. I want to tell you today, God's not putting perfection on you. He's asking for progress. 
Maybe your past is full of a lot of mistakes that you've made, things that you've done that you aren't proud of. God's not asking you to all of a sudden ignore that. He's asking, would you let him forgive you of that? Would you take a step toward progress? And for some of you, that step toward progress today is saying, Jesus, what Paul wrote, forgetting what is behind, straining for what is ahead. For you, that step might be, Jesus, I want to accept forgiveness of my past. As difficult as that might be to understand that God could actually forgive you, God could actually purify you, that God could make you whole. What, what Paul wrote, that you could take on the righteousness of God, not of your own, but in faith. Maybe that's the step toward progress you need to take today. And I don't want to rush through this broadcast today without giving the opportunity, the chance to say today, today, March 29th, 2020, in the midst of the coronavirus, in the midst of this crisis, in the midst of a pandemic, in the midst of all that's happening, today, I'm taking the biggest step I could take toward progress. I'm surrendering my life to Jesus. I'm going to accept his forgiveness. I'm going to recognize his goal for me isn't perfection, it's progress. And every day I'm going to strive, work toward that. Not trying to be perfect, but taking one more step toward what God wants me to be. If that's you today, I'm going to pray in a minute. And I want you to pray this prayer with me. I want you to physically pray this prayer with me. Not, not just something you're like, oh, I'll listen to it. I want, you to, I want you to pray this. There's something powerful about your, an act of your will to say, I'm going to do that. I'm going to say this to God. And this prayer isn't a magic prayer. It's just a, a conversation with God that I'm going to lead you in. My hope is this starts an incredible conversation that you have over and over again with God. You continue to talk to him and share what's on your heart and your mind. Wherever you're sitting, wherever you are, would you just bow your heads and close your eyes for a second just to kind of push everything else aside, all the distractions of, that are around you. Just pray this prayer with me together. Dear God, Thank you for loving me as I am. Thank you for not expecting me to be perfect or to try to live up to some standard. Today, I accept your forgiveness of my past. I accept the reality of my present. I commit to live according to your purposes toward my future. Jesus, forgive me, purify me, redeem the pain in my life. Help me live my life in the days to come to fulfill your good purposes. Give me the strength and the courage to follow you all the days of my life and to show your love to the world around me. Amen. If you prayed that prayer with me today, maybe it was the first time or maybe you've committed your life to Jesus before, but it was time to kind of recommit. I want you to go to follow.calvaryirwin.com. Let us know you took that step. We want to get you some resources and help you continue that journey with Christ. We're so blessed to have you join us each Sunday here, whether it's on YouTube or Facebook. We're so blessed to be able to step into your home as a church family, to worship together, to open God's word. I'm excited about what God's going to do. Not move us toward perfection, but to help us see progress in our world. 
through what you're doing, through what we get to do together. Thank you guys so much for joining us. We look forward to seeing you next week. Before we go, I just want to wrap up in prayer and then uh, we're going to close things out and see you online and see you next Sunday. So let's pray real quick. Lord, thank you. Thank you for all you've blessed us with. Thank you for the hope that we get to proclaim, that we get to reflect to our world. I pray this week and what we face, Lord, whether uh, those that are going to work and can work, that you would protect them. Those that are home, Lord, with their kids, that you would give them patience and strength. God, those that are trying to make decisions about the coming weeks and months, give them wisdom. God, I pray through it all that we can remember we're in this together and we're gonna get through this together. We're part of something bigger. Thank you, God, for your faithfulness, your provision, your guidance. Go with us. Let us show your love and your grace to the world around us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. God bless you guys. Thank you for joining us today. We'll see you next Sunday at 1030. This is Pastor Nick Pohl, the lead pastor at Calvary. We're so glad you joined us for today's podcast. I hope you enjoyed the message. At Calvary Church, we're passionate about leading people into an overflowing life with Jesus. We would love the opportunity to connect with you on your faith journey and hear what God is doing in your life or join you in prayer for any needs you might have. You can visit us online at calvaryirwin.com or send us an email at info at calvaryirwin.com. On our website, you'll find previous week's messages, a list of upcoming events, as well as resources designed to help you take those next steps on your journey of faith. See you next week, and may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace.